Hello, pleasure lovers, and welcome to the Pleasure Talks podcast. I'm so excited today for another dope episode. We have an uncensored safe space to talk about all things cannabis and sexual health. Like we do at the beginning of every episode, we have a disclaimer. We are not here to treat, cure, diagnose anyone on cannabis. Just an amazing platform for women to share their own stories. Today is going to be a different episode than usual, guys. We have two guests this time. I am so excited. We have the amazing Liv and Amy from Soldiers of Creation. I'm so excited to tell you guys all about them. Today, we're going to be talking a lot about trauma, trauma, rape, sexual health. So I just want to give a trigger warning for everybody out there that we will be talking about these topics. If you feel that this may be much for you, please feel free to pause and come back to us. We are here whenever you're ready. Just wanting to respect everybody's space that this is their last trigger warning. We will be definitely talking about trauma, sexual health, rape, and more. With that being said, I'm so excited to get into today's episode because as soon as I met these ladies, I had to introduce them to you guys. So let's get into it. Get your bongs, papers, and pipes ready because today is going to be a dope episode. So Amy and Liv, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Thank you both for having you know the time of day to join me because this topic is so juicy and so incredibly important. So let's start with Amy. So we hear both of you guys' voices, <laughs> so we'll know who is who. This is our first time, so bear with us. Introducing Amy from Soldiers Thank of Creation. You. Thank you so much. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Amy. I'm the founder and CEO of Soldiers of Creation. Um, I'm definitely an extrovert. I love meeting new people. It wasn't too long ago that you and I got to connect, actually, so this is super cool that we're doing this. Um, so Soldiers of Creation is a space where um, we're gender inclusive also, and it's a space for survivors of sexual assault and allies to connect and heal. So this topic and this podcast is right up our alley, and we're super excited to kind of get a little bit deeper into trauma and sexual health and how we can better understand our bodies and connect back with each other. I told you guys, completely in alignment here. <laughs> as soon as we met, we knew we had to work together. So trust me, there will be lots more to come. Amazing. And Liv from Soldiers of Creation, please let us, let us know a little bit about yourself. Hey, thank you so much for having us on today. It's great to be able to talk about this in this space. Um, uh, so my name is Liv and I am the Community Outreach Coordinator at um, SOC. And basically what that means is I spent a lot of time messaging and talking to people who offer any sort of um, healing facilitation um, in this area. So uh, organizations that are specifically um, designed for uh, sexual assault survivors, um, kind of sibling organizations to us as well, um, as well as kind of multiple different therapies and uh, healing processes. We um, do you have kind of some more tra traditional healing services as part of our uh, directory, which is what I look after. Um, but a lot of what we focus on is um, more alternative uh, spaces of healing, which I think is why it lends itself so well to this conversation and particularly the conversation around cannabis, um, which might not be the kind of typical thing you'd go straight to, um, but it's really great that there are people like yourself who are having these conversations. Um, so yeah, thanks for having me. 
Of course. Thanks so much. So yeah, if you've dropped through the DMs of Soldiers of Creation's Instagram, you're most likely speaking to live. <laughs> I love that you guys definitely focus on alternative healings because there are so many to choose from these days and they all definitely deserve um, the space to show other women that there are many ways to heal and never one size fits all. And, you know, by giving everybody these choices, they can make those decisions, those educated choices for themselves, which is so beautiful and empowering for, you know, survivors, which is so incredibly important, I can definitely say. So let's get, let's talk a little bit more about Soldiers of Creation. What was really the inspiration for starting Soldiers of Creation? Because I know it's really different compared to the other um, resources that are on the market today. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a really good point. So I had my last uh, rape in 2016. So like, don't have to say trigger warning. We've already been through that. Um, and I was living overseas in another country and through that experience, um, I got to deal with the police and legal system, and that was a real treat. Um, not. And um, yeah, it was just a lot to deal with by myself in another country. And I was super young. Uh, not that sexual assault is easy at any age, but I was still sort of connecting to my body and discovering myself and being comfortable in my sexuality. So it definitely wasn't an opportune time for it to happen. Um, and I ended up moving back home and I just tried to move forward um, with very little guidance. I mean, no one really gives you a handbook of this is what you do when you've been assaulted. So I was really navigating it by myself. Um, and I tried to uh, go the clinical route because that's just, I think, naturally what we think we have to do. Like, again, there's no guide. There's no, okay, this is what you do or this is what you can do. Um, and I was put on a wait list. And that was just like, I don't have a time. A wait to list? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, it was really bad. And I went to, I don't remember the organization that hosted it, but I went to a group and I just kind of felt this isn't really for me either. And so um, I had a friend who had also been assaulted and she thought, you know, you know, you were talking about wanting to start something. Um, let's do that together. So we were going to start a clothing line. We both went to school for fashion, actually. So um, we've both collected vintage and I'm really obsessed with textiles. And we thought this will be really cool and we can give a portion of the proceeds to organizations that support this cause. Um, and we wanted to be really judicious about who we were giving the money to just because there are so many organizations that claim they need money and don't. Um, and through that, we saw so many gaps. She ended up going back traveling. I mean, backpacker's heart, can't blame her, love that too. Um, but I carried on by myself. Um, and through re researching all these other organizations, I realized there's this big gap. Um, and that's kind of where SOC came in. It was sort of out of necessity because what we wanted to support didn't exist. And through speaking with other survivors, their frustrations aligned with my frustrations and that sort of created what it is. So we really focus on community um, normalizing conversation and providing resources that aren't your typical square peg round hole trying to make it all work when it just doesn't um, and yeah and I mean the name we we are gonna bring her into this because she did help name it um, before she went to travel uh, we wanted something that wasn't victimizing there's a lot of um, and victim isn't a bad word I just don't like it myself but I don't you know if other people are more comfortable with it or they resonate with that word, that's, you know, not one size fits all, as you mentioned. But 
I just didn't want something that kind of reminded me of it. I wanted something that empowered me from the situation and that like gave like gave me strength and and you know kind of like a fuck you to the <laughs> to the guy that did that to me like you know what I'm strong I'm gonna take my power back and my autonomy back and my body back because I really felt so disconnected to my body and I've always been someone that's resonated with alternative methods of healing and arts and I thought let's throw creation in there and it sounds like a soup kitchen now but that's kind of how it came to be. <laughs> I love it. I love that, you know, reclaiming of that power and the whole story really of this happening to you being so personal, but you really coming out and reclaiming your body and not only that, but also helping others. You know, I feel that once we're able to fully, I always say hurt people, hurt people. And I believe that, you know, people that really have healed themselves and can really feel themselves can love can actually share it. Right. Cause we have more to give. So it's a really beautiful um, community that you guys are creating and great story on how it was uh, all came together. I love a good um, backpacker. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think, I mean, Liv, Liv can speak to that. You're here on a visa. So like, I mean, we've all had that, that spirit and it's, I don't think I'll ever stop traveling or like stop wanting to live overseas and that it's just such a great experience and people have asked, you know, has that tainted, tainted it from you? Like, do you never want to travel again? And like, no, like he took one night of probably terrible sex because I was knocked out. Um, and that's it. So. Right. And I remember when we first met um, and we jumped on a call, I was telling you my story of my experience. And I think something what was so cool and unique to speak with you is that you've you've spoken to so many survivors and you can see that trauma can be so incredibly complex. It really looks so different from person to person. And sometimes we don't even notice that some things that we do are deeply rooted in trauma. And that was very eye opening for me. I remember when um, I spoke to you, I mentioned my rape story, which happened yet again overseas in Vegas. Um, and it was very incredibly traumatizing because you know, I woke up in, um, in a bedroom filled with blood and absolutely having zero recollection of what happened. And for some reason, I, well, you know, for multiple reasons, I definitely suppressed it. And it came in like an, like a year or two after the whole situation that my certain triggers started happening in my trauma, which I needed to deal with because they were becoming overwhelming and taking a part of my life that I thought I dealt with, which was so interesting to me. And I already owned a cannabis sexual health company at the time. I think it was the, one of the worst and most painful experiences about my rape situation is that it came from a gatekeeper in the cannabis industry who had the opportunity to really bring my product to market, helping survivors, but taking one for themselves. That was something that I couldn't sit with. And it was very toxic. And obviously I didn't go through with it because of my whole being and my morals and ethics and everything. But after that, um, I, I, I continued to go into deeper into cannabis. I remember waking up so incredibly messed up, not knowing what happened to me. Um, but I remember just putting CBD oil all over my forehead because I was so hungover <laughs> and not even be 
not even knowing if I was going to be able to make my flight home because I was so wrecked. It was very, very traumatizing. Um, but it, I loved that you gave me a lot of tips on how to really understand my trauma a little bit better and to know that, you know, it doesn't really matter, or I don't want to say it doesn't really matter, but it, it does like whatever has happened doesn't mean that your trauma is going to look like this just because you're raped doesn't mean you're going to hide yourself in your room for months. Cause that's not what I did. I definitely probably drowned myself in alcohol, <laughs> you know, but like the things that I thought were triggers for trauma that I was staying clear from, you know, worked, but I found that I was doing other things that weren't so helpful. So it's really, I, I really love the alternative aspect to dealing with trauma that soldiers of creation can do. And I'm exciting. I'm excited for what we could do together. So it brings me to my next question, which how has trauma, do you think, affected your sex life or your friendships or your relationships, I guess you should, I should say? Yeah. Um, so like my sex life in the beginning, I definitely, I would say I, I self-harmed through sex um, and what that looks like for me um, was when I was intimate with people, I was totally checked out and I would just try to replay my rape in my mind on a loop and try to remember what happened. Um, something that I didn't mention earlier was I was drugged and my drug, my drug situation and the person who raped me weren't connected. I was roofied at a bar and the person that raped me was a guy in my hostel that was just like took advantage of a girl that couldn't walk type of situation. <laughs> Not that that's like a type of situation, but that's what happened. Um, and I really wanted to know what had happened to me. And I like, I really thought I would feel better and have closure if I could just remember. And so that, and I didn't, I mean, at the end of that, clearly have a lot of love for myself after that. I mean, I know now I can say he just took that night, but trauma is something that's ongoing. I think people sort of assume that there'll be like a timeline on healing. Like, okay, well, it's been years. That person's probably over it. It's actually not like that at all. I would argue it's almost like wine. It just gets riper with time and you find other things that kind of re-trigger you. Um, and it, it might like dissipate for a few years or a few months, but it does come back up. Um, it's like the worst loot bag to receive from anybody or any situation. Um, but yeah, to go back to that question, um, it was really hard in the beginning because I, you know, what's so beautiful about sex and intimacy is like connecting to your body and connecting to the other person or like connecting with yourself. And I was totally disconnected from my body. So I wasn't connected to them whatsoever. Um, and yeah, I just used it for to, to self-harm, which was really bad. Um, and terms of my friendships. Um, it was hard in the beginning. Um, I think also I have like a lot of expectations. I have pretty high expectations of people. Um, I would like to think I treat the people in my life really well. And so I had expected that same respect back. And I mean, now having worked on myself and we're working on myself, it sort of lowered my expectations and kind of understanding that everyone's on their own healing journey and their own journey in life. And it's unfair to put expectations on other people. Um, but yeah, I definitely saw some really interesting sides to my friendships. It was a bit eye-opening, I guess, 
it's a really good bullshit meter, as I say, um, sort of see who steps up and who doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, who puts their needs selfishly over yours when you're clearly in need um, and who's there to support you. So I had some maybe not friends anymore do some kind of ugly things while I was going through that first initial period and I had other friends really show up for me I mean like call me every day um like a year two years past checking in how am I coming to all of our SOC functions checking in after asking if I was triggered asking how they can help me um and which is beautiful you know what I mean I think when you go through something, something really hard um it shines a light on the people that are really there for you in your life it's like the best way to kind of tell who's fake who's not um yeah so that's yeah that's very interesting how that and I think you're, you're yeah you're definitely speaking from the very beginning which is very um interesting because in the very beginning even like myself included as soon as I told like sex for me after my experience was really hard as well um I am, I've definitely done a lot of work and continue to work on it. It's gotten incredibly much better. But in the very beginning, it was um, definitely hard. I definitely ha- carried a lot of guilt and shame. And I know that's because the partner that I had at the time made me purposely feel very guilty um, because oh, yes. I was in a relationship and this person tried to, I guess, try to put it on me as if it was my choice. And um, that was really rough to go through. And I was incredibly grateful for the strong friends that I had for me. Um, and, and yeah, it was very interesting. And the bullshit meter definitely comes in handy with that. But the sex life was definitely um, different in the beginning. Um, I know that you mentioned, I know it's like another conversation with your, your partner now um, is sex is like a lot different. Oh, he's and, amazing. Yeah. yeah. And can you, can you just chat a little bit about that? Cause I think it was a lovely when you mentioned him before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now I'm in a really lovely, healthy relationship with an amazing person. Um, and he is an ally to me when I can't be to myself. Um, so if I ever kind of slip back into self-destructive habits, um, which again, I, I kind of use, it's self-harm, but I use it almost as a security blanket, which I know doesn't make sense, but healing doesn't make sense and trauma doesn't make sense to a lot of people. So um, totally. he will not, I, I think so. I think, <laughs> oh my gosh, whoa, slow moment. Um, yeah, um, but he won't engage with me when I'm in that headspace. And if I try to push it down, I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. Let's do it. He'll be like, no, we're not doing this while you're in this headspace. Um, and he doesn't want to, I guess, poison this beautiful love that we have with my trauma. So, you know, that comes first. And he often tells me, you're not your trauma and you're not what happened to you. And you don't have to apologize. Um, and it's, it's been amazing because I'm, I got my sex life back. Like when we have sex, we look at each other, we appreciate each other. Um, it's amazing. We're both there for each other. We're both present. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just sort of, you know, trauma is going to sit outside for a little bit and we're going to just have our time. And if trauma is with you right now, we're not going to do it. And he's able to pick up again on like my social cues and my facial expressions. I'm very expressive 
passive. So even when I think I'm hiding it, like I'm clearly not doing a good job. Um, and he picks up on it and he always checks in. Are you sure you're okay with this? How are you feeling? I think people think having conversations during sex kills the mood, but actually it's so nice to, you know, you feel appreciated and loved. I feel loved, you know, like, is this okay for you? Do you like this? Do you want me to stop? Is this too much? Like those check-ins are so healthy and I've never really experienced a healthy relationship. I, I realized prior to um, this person. So it doesn't really affect our sex life. I guess is the answer to that question. It's yeah. He's lovely. Absolutely loved hearing that from you because it, yeah. it makes me very happy and hopeful that we have amazing allies out there and amazing partners that can work in very conscious, mature relationships, right? Um, I think the outdated, like, you know, woman cooks and the men are strong. <laughs> like, whatever that BS was is, yeah. is out the door because we are human beings at the end of the day and we all have different walks of life. And to go through them in peace and pleasure and happiness takes a lot of work and um, dedication to each other. And it's it's just it's really beautiful to hear that you and your partner have that very beautiful connection, um, which is just, just lights up my heart. <laughs> I just oh, want to say. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's honestly, I mean, it's, I don't want to say without him, like I wouldn't be where I am, but um, I think everyone needs help in some regards, you know what I mean? Independence is a beautiful thing, but there should be no shame asking for help or needing an ally or needing assistance or needing a teammate. Um, and, you know, I think healing is a really important thing that I don't like to use the word should, but I think should be addressed because you want it, not because it's forced on you, but he's definitely helped me in my journey. I would say a lot. And also helping me be aware of things that I didn't realize I was still dealing with. Similar to you, there's some parts of my trauma where I thought, oh, I'm over that. Like, I've moved forward. That doesn't affect me anymore at all. But, you know, having another, I guess, blind sides that I'm missing, saying, actually, like, it's still here, but we can work on it together. Let me support you on your journey has been, like, it's been so beautiful. It's like, oh, wow, this person wants to be here and, like, wants to put up with my like Santa Claus bag full of bullshit. Right. You like this? <laughs> like, yeah. Like whatever, you know, it's, it's part of your story and we're going to work on it. And yeah, it's, of course, there's, a, there's someone for everyone. Trust me. There's, there's many totally. and there are beautiful people out there. They are. I have an amazing question for Liv. I know that you work with so many survivors. I was wondering what um, what does it really take to be a great ally and to be a real friend and show up um, as a friend, not even ally, but a friend first really for our friends that may have gone through um, sexual trauma or sexual assault? Yeah, I think that um, that's such an important question because ultimately everyone probably knows someone who has been assaulted um it's so prevalent in our society that at sort of whatever level it's likely i mean you know however you, you, you might not know they might not tell you and that's okay that's completely it should be completely on whoever the survivor is to open as much as they do or don't want 
um, about their past. But I think that through working in this kind of space, it's really highlighted how um, almost a, an approach to just everyone that you just don't know what their history is and you don't know what their past is and don't as there's no point in assuming something about someone because you just don't know um and i think that's really helped and i i read something recently actually that was um about uh how to if you are um someone who is entering a relationship with a survivor as well um that even if you don't know you should almost treat every sexual encounter as if you are as if they are a survivor because you just don't know if they are or they aren't and it is quite a high possibility that they are um and so i think that from for me the best thing to do i i suppose not the best thing i don't sort of want to kind of put those those words on it but something i've really found is to do the research myself and to do the education myself and not rely on other people who are going through traumatic experiences to have to teach me in that moment mm-hmm. um and i think that that is something i mean it takes two seconds to google how to be an ally to a sexual assault survivor and it will come up with about 50 million pages from some really good resources and it really doesn't take a lot of work. Um, and I think as part of that, like, it's been a learning process for myself as well. There were definitely times, I think, when I was a lot younger, like a teenager, that there were sort of moments that you probably did say the wrong thing and you maybe made an inappropriate joke. And I think that has to be admitted to and like have to be held accountable for that um but i think that that process of learning um about it more has really helped um and i I speak about this quite a lot and amy knows (laughs) this but um i think that the best thing i've learned um is just how to like listen properly to people um and how to not uh, and I, I, I say this is the person I'm speaking in this moment, but like how to descend to yourself in the conversation uh, and not project my opinions, my feelings on someone else. And um, I think something you said about your own process and healing really struck a chord because healing is not a one size fits all thing it just isn't and I think when we're talking about the conversation around sex and healing from sexual assault as well like some people will really find their healing through sex and through kink work and through so many things and other people will really have to take themselves away from that and neither one is right neither one is wrong it's all a process for different people um and actually, I, I was listening earlier to your recording with um, Luna, because she is one of the um, amazing uh, people on our directory, um, because it can be really helpful if you are choosing healing as your method, uh, sorry, sex as your method of healing, to go through that with someone and to have that sort of educator in that space as well, and someone who has an awareness mm-hmm. of trauma um, too. 
I think I went on a couple of tangents, but you did a top a couple. I even took notes. <laughs> I really did. Uh, um, I really loved what you said about. I never really thought of it, but like treating all all sex that you have with you know, especially new partners, as if they are survivors, because you just truly never know the amount of times I've had sex with people and haven't disclosed my experiences. Totally makes sense, and I think that is very eye-opening for just people to maybe just think about before going into and just, um, yeah, it's, it's just very interesting and it could definitely help. It's just giving people the respect and space to feel comfortable, which should be inevitable in sex period anyway. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, I'm really glad that you mentioned that and the decentering of yourself. I told you guys, I took notes, like really <laughs> she dropped a lot of gems. Um, decentering yourself from the conversation is incredibly important. I felt that after my experience, I just really wanted to cry for days and just speak for hours about it. I just want to tell, like, I want to word vomit all of these emotions that I'm going through but I don't want to tell everyone. I just want to tell one person who was a friend that I could feel comfortable with just to share because I'm dealing with so much on my own. Right. So that is a lot of listening and um, you know, and that, and that's really important. And I'm really happy that the friends that I had at the time were probably were very aware because I, I noticed that they did decenter themselves and they did give me lots of time to vent because I needed to. And um I completely love that experience. So thanks for sharing that um, because to be an ally today is important and we should, we should, we should share um, all the tips that we have with each other. (laughs) So I have my next question, which is what are your thoughts on dating after trauma? Um, do you know what? I, I love dates. I think they're so fun. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love the process. Um, And honestly, for a good chunk after my assault, I was in real denial. Like I didn't start having flashbacks till like at least two months after, like properly. Um, And I was told I would. And they were like, you're going to, you're going to feel, I felt guilty and I felt bad. I had like a lot of weird emotions that Mm -hmm. I would have never associated myself having like it just I was like why do I feel so guilty and I felt really bad for him I had like really weird emotions um so when I got back I was fully ready to go back and date I was I thought I was fine um I I think now though especially like going through the process um for me transparency and letting people know my boundaries right up front has made my dating experience a lot better um I found when I personally would share sort of my story and what had happened to me and why I was acting certain ways later, um, it was sort of used against me. Like, oh, I'm this great person to be with you. Oh, you should feel so lucky to be with me. It was a weird power trip um, versus just being like, hey, listen, I went through something and I'm still dealing with it. And if you're looking for an easy, fun time, doors that way. Not that I can't be an easy fun time and like, you know, a good laugh, but like, this is something that I'm constantly dealing with. And so I, some people chose the door and that was fine, but yeah, no, I thought for myself, it was not that bad. I mean, there's sometimes where I sort of took a pause and, you know, dealt with what I needed to deal with, but I was, I'm a pretty open book. I just, you know, tell people what I need, tell people what I want. Um, 
I've never been, I guess, not scared isn't the right word, but blissfully unaware of social norms, I guess. I have no problem outwardly meeting someone being like, these are what I need. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. Here are all my boundaries. Nice to meet you. Um, and yeah, I found that really helpful for dating. I love how confident you are. <laughs> I feel like so similar to you, Laura. I'm very straightforward in dating. And um, I think that dating after trauma could definitely be annoying. Like, I think just dating yeah. in general could be annoying, even though as totally. much fun as it is, it definitely can be. But um, when dealing with with men, I guess, or the opposite sex, it was really interesting to see the response um, be so drastically different from person to person while dating, where some people were incredibly um, great allies, you know, and were, you know, made me feel comfortable and was very respectful the whole way through, whether I was with them or not, via text, communication, was just understood. And somewhere it was just virtually nothing. It didn't really matter to, I just didn't see it was a big part of my life, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, or see the big picture. And I think that was very eye-opening for me to be with a partner that understood that and um, respected it and didn't make jokes on rape either. I think that there's such an intense, like, um, what do we call it? Rape culture <laughs> that yeah. we have. And um, for some reason, that still pops up today. And um, yeah, those people are easily like rooted rooted out now but um it was very interesting yeah Hmm. so what are your thoughts on cannabis and healing (laughs) um so Liv and I were talking about this well we, we again these are our bread and butter conversations we love to kind of dive in and talk about um different ways of healing and different products. That's something that we're starting to also focus now on our directory. What products would we recommend, especially um, right after assault? You know, you're so sore and tender down there. Um, It's not a gentle act. Mm -hmm. So uh, what products and services can we offer for people? Um, And we really do strive to be judgment-free, you know, if one person says it works for them, we're like, let's, let's look into this. This could be a great service for so many people that just don't even realize that this could work for them. Mm-hmm. Again, there's no handbook. So um, yeah, we're, I would say, Liv, I'm going to, you can say if I'm saying wrong, wrong here, but I would say we're pro, um, you know, if it works for you, then that's amazing. Um, I know there's so many different people that use cannabis for, um, chronic pain and chronic healing. So it does make sense to me that it would be something that would work and be helpful. Um, And I love that there's so many different ways that you can use it. Um, It's just so diverse. And I think, you know, our communities are so diverse too and how they heal and how they approach therapy. Um, So it's more like, why haven't people been using it sooner to help with their sexual health? Mm, Totally. I know. <laughs> I know That's the secret. Real question. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it, you know, starting this company, it really brings me back to 2015 when I was at a Woman Grow conference. And Woman Grow today is the world's largest network of professionals and female professionals in the cannabis space. Back then, it was just a very small group of ladies in cannabis that were very excited about the future of this industry. And I remember we had an amazing doctor speak at the conference, and he was speaking about CBD specifically for um, veterans and CBD for complex PTSD. And I was really just absolutely like in awe by this guy completely breaking down how CBD has the opportunity to be the best alternative for anxiety and, um, and like PTSD and trauma, specifically for veterans who deal with really high cases of um, PTSD. And, um, and it was just like, that's amazing. It's amazing that they have that application. I just don't understand why people aren't talking about this application for rape survivors. And I understand vets need it. And um, yes, a thousand percent, they need it for sure. Me, my first early years in the industry were working um, for vets. And I definitely agree with that. I just knew that there was a huge demographic of people who weren't being catered to. And um, I noticed that I wanted to do more research and find out why. And I found out that, you know, most pharmaceutical industries don't even put money towards sexual health research, especially for females. In fact, it's the, it's the least amount of money that goes to um, that specific area of the body. So, you know, that is completely just not available to us. And sexual health is so taboo to even speak of, even in pharmaceutical companies. And that's me working with um, executives who have been at Bayer and Pfizer when we were deciding to go the medical route with Pleasure Peaks. Like hearing it from themselves, it was very um, disheartening and disgusting, that culture that is still very prevalent today. And um, that's why I love doing what I do by just raising awareness that cannabis can be incredibly beneficial for rape survivors. you know, sexual assault survivors, um, because it works for so many other people. Why wouldn't it work for us? And they were talking about, um, you know, vaping cannabis, because vaping is definitely the medical standard. There's no carcinogens. um, There's no actual burning of the paper. So it's really healthy on your lungs. You basically just get all of the benefits. And um, that can, it's very fast acting if you vape. And I find that those triggers after going through trauma, you hit very quickly. You don't know when they're coming, but when they do come, they come very quickly. And um, they get very overwhelming very quickly. And I find that if I were to puff on a vape pen um, of CBD, it was like night and day, absolutely night and day for me. And it really helped me through that. I definitely use the vapes over the oils. Oils are incredibly great as well. But I use the oils more so for pleasure, for uh, masturbating, for lubrication um, as a natural lubricant. It wasn't later until I met the amazing Ashley Manta, the canisexual, who is also a survivor and mentioned that she had a lot of pain during intercourse um, after her trauma. And that was actually pretty common um, for other assault survivors as well. 
So what we found that, you know, CBD can be incredibly good at uh, mitigating pain on the receptors. So if we have CBD into our natural lubricants or even THC as well, it can really help us have pleasurable sex and mitigate those painful experiences. So that's incredibly game changer for many women out there today. And we can get that either through lubes or suppositories or even just like a natural oil and infused coconut oil down there would do the job. And it's really like night and day. For some reason, uh, after my trauma, I wasn't really able to squirt. I think it was more so psychologically for me. And um, orgasming was something that was very hard for me to deal with. But ever since using um, those lubes specifically, they really allowed myself to. And I think that became, and I think that it worked because it was rooted probably in the stress that I had in my pelvic floor from that experience that I didn't know I was dealing with. I know it was obviously very um, mental for me, but it also was very physical in a way that I wasn't expecting, which was really the tightness of, of my cervix. <laughs> and um, using that that lube definitely really helped me a lot. So I think that cannabis can be incredibly healing for so many other survivors out there. It really is so different from person to person. I know that, you know, even today when I have really stressful, overwhelming days due to my triggers, a nice CBD bath will be incredibly great for me because it's a full body um, melt away. And that is so incredibly beneficial for my stress. So it, what I love about cannabis is that it has really a million applications. You can eat it, you know? So it's like, it depends wherever you're feeling that your trauma is deeply rooted. And I believe that trauma is also incredibly spiritual in the way how we interact with it as well. Um, so I think that it's a journey, really. And uh, my journey with loving Mary Jane has definitely helped me in a million different ways in my life. And this was, was one of those experiences. Um, the reason why I started Pleasure Peaks was because a woman with endometriosis didn't have enough products on the market for them, uh, which was insane considering that's 10% of our population, people. Um, but later on, there's so many other sexual health ailments and, you know, you never know. I couldn't believe it was I was included in that, something that I was working for, but ended up being myself too, which was very such a such a interesting <laughs> yeah. point in my life um but i'm happy that you guys joined me today because the awareness continues ladies and there are so many alternatives that you can use in sexual healing there's no one size fits all can you name a few that you guys have worked with like in terms of alternatives just off the bat so we can think of like what else is out there um, I could look up in our directory some specific names and I can definitely send you a couple as well afterwards if you have like kind of notes from the um, for the podcast as well but also um, but like just a couple of different like types of therapies we have art therapists drama therapists we have sexual therapists energy healing we have doulas and midwives we have what else is there? We've got a couple of podcasts on there as well. Um, Food therapist. Yeah. Music therapy, prenatal, postnatal. Uh, we have massage therapy, naturopath, life coach. Um, we have uh, different hotlines. We have trauma-informed therapists. 
that's another thing. We think that therapy is just talk therapy, but there's like so many different types of therapists. Um, I spoke to a creative play therapist today. So they use um, like music and drawing and yelling and screaming and, and dancing, like all different types the client sort of gets to pick, which is really cool. Um, we're working on resources for sex traffic survivors right now. Um, we have psychiatrists on there, cognitive therapy, exercise, exercise, exercise. This goes on and on. I yeah. absolutely love it because we are all so different. We're all human beings, and yeah, I, 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 it makes me so happy that you guys have created this amazing list. We'll definitely keep a lip a link below so you guys can all check it out. Um, but I'm so happy that there's something out there like this because it's so incredibly important. Um, I can't, I just can't thank you guys enough. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just obsessed with them. I really am. Thank you. It literally has been like just hearing your story and your experience. I'm like, okay, I need this bath. I need this lube. I like, there's so many things I'm like shopping lists. Like, okay, well, I need some of this. I need some of this. Like, oh my God, that's going to change my experience. And there were so many points too, where I was just like, oh my God, like, yeah, my sex was so bad afterward. It's like, I could not score it either. I couldn't have any of that until I felt like reconnected to my body. And even then there's some times where I'm just like, eh, not getting it. Why am I getting it? There's just so many things that you said that I was like, oh my God, yes, 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 yes. And I love what you said, well, not on this, on this podcast, but we had another conversation before, but we're like, all of these things can be a tool in our toolbox, right? Yeah. So we really create our own personal survival toolboxes <laughs> that we exactly. can go out in the world to be a soldier and create the life that we need, right? Yes. As soon as I was hearing your um, list of creative therapies or alternative therapies that's where I really got the beautiful creation part of your companies and soldiers of creation is a perfect name for it so it's beautiful thank you that's so nice awesome some tips I would give to our listeners who are thinking of what cannabis products to try out next. I love cannabis. In Canada, we don't really have lubes. They're not legal yet. I know. Health Canada, get your shit together. But we do have sublingual sprays. Haha, <laughs> sublingual. could be for your other mouth. Just tie it down there. It, it's the exact same thing. So cannabis oil can be used topically on your skin, on your vulva, um, play around with different dosages of CBD and THC because they all have very different effects. Please stay away from all glycerins or if, if, if there's any added sugar, um, that is definitely a recipe concoction for a yeast infection or, or you know something that's not fun and pleasurable. So make sure it's organic as possible. Um, less ingredients, the better. And um, yeah, let us know what you guys like. I love smoking weed um, too. I absolutely love smoking CBD strains because once you smoke it, or if you've ever, actually, if you're in a state that's not legal or a country that's not legal, try buying hemp. You can actually buy hemp bud 
yeah, hemp bud, it looks the exact same like a cannabis nug would, but it only has CBD in it. And after you smoke it, you just feel completely relaxed. It's like a decaf weed. It's so cool. I remember buying it in New York once because they, they can't sell THC um, unless it's in licensed dispensaries, which I believe they only have like three <laughs> in New York, <laughs> one of the biggest cities, right? But um they uh, they have hemp places all over the place. And once I smoked it, I was like, wow, this is incredibly effective. Like I feel so relaxed, but I don't feel high. I was like almost all like sedated, but like it was just such a beautiful feeling. Um, so if you don't have access to cannabis, check out hemp. There are amazing other alternatives. Let us know in the comments what you guys like, because we love hearing from you guys. And for our last question for Amy and Liv, do you have any tips for our listeners going forward? Um, yeah, I think trauma, again, is such a journey and there is no right or wrong way to heal or right wrong or right like timeline. So don't give yourself a hard time if you're still dealing with it and it's been years and years. And also if someone's pushing you towards therapy um, and you're not ready, that's okay. Um, but if you are ready and you're not sure what you need, um, it doesn't have to be our directory, but I really recommend trying one of those because um, people will help you match to, to what your needs are, what your interests are, what you, you connect with best um, versus going on what people force you into, what your friends and family push on you because they're not in your body and they don't know what you're going to resonate most with. Um, yeah, and, and I also would say um, keep a journal too of just um, what things you're noticing do help you and what things you're noticing do trigger you because sometimes you're going to know right away and sometimes they're going to creep up slowly. I know that fire hydrants really tick me off, um, which is so random, but there was a fire hydrant right outside my hostel. So that's, that's where that comes from um, because that's going to help you um, figuring out how to mitigate your your triggers when you kind of know what they are totally that would be my tips i remember in the beginning i couldn't do laundry at night just because if i heard any weird sounds at night when i was home alone it would just completely trigger me and it would be absolute mess those are some great tips liv do you have any other tips for us yeah, well, I think Amy covered so much, but um, I just want to say, don't be afraid to shop around as well. If mm -hmm. you find, say you want to reach therapy and you go, you find someone who is trauma-informed and sounds like they're exactly what you want, but if you don't resonate with them when you speak to them, they might not be right for you. Um, totally. everyone should offer some sort of consultation. Sometimes they aren't free but you should be able to get um, kind of almost anyone on the phone if you feel comfortable with that and ask them what their experience with um, survivors is. And just um, sometimes you have to advocate for yourself because unfortunately there aren't always enough places out there that will mm -hmm. advocate for you. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, be your own ally and advocate for yourself. Um, and if you are an ally as well, as I said before, educate yourself and don't judge just don't judge don't judge people's coping mechanisms don't judge people's methods of healing um just be there as a support yeah be a supportive human being <laughs> i want to actually add one thing to that too i think yeah. being an ally as a survivor to another survivor is also super important because 
our stories, mm-hmm. although there's overlaps, so they're completely different and how your triggers come up and how my triggers come up might not be the same. So also not pigeonholing other people you meet and just assuming that they're going to resonate with what you resonate with or approach sex the same way you do or feel the same way. Like always go into it being like, what does this person need? Let's put my, how I would do it to the side for a second and like treat everyone uniquely. I think that's super important. Beautiful. Well said. This has been honestly one of my favorite episodes to record. This has been beautiful. Thank you guys for both joining us. This will not be the last time you hear from Liv and Amy. I promise you guys that. I'm so excited. Um, Please share this episode with anybody you guys feel fit. Um, I loved everything that you guys um, shared with us. Please subscribe to our email list because we're going to be making some huge announcements soon. So if you really want to be a part of our online virtual community that we're trying to create, please subscribe. And thank you guys so much for another dope episode. Take care, guys. Enjoy it and see you in the next one. Bye.